McShane Bible Study, Day 98. We're starting out with Leviticus 11 and 12, and we are deep into the law. And They're eating bugs. <laughs> yeah, we've been taught which bugs to eat and not to eat. Of course, Jesus said, Jesus made all animals clean, right? Uh-huh. And then Peter didn't get that message at first, but then the Lord showed him specifically. So there's multiple ways in which the uh, New Testament shows us that these things don't apply to us. Um, and but one thing stood out to me, because we just watched uh, season, well, we're re-watching season one of The Chosen, and what is it, in, in the fifth uh, in the fifth episode, The Wedding in Cana? Something um, like that, yeah. He explains in the show that the stone water jars cannot be made impure. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I had never heard that before, and that might be correct, but this stood out to me in 33. And if any of them falls into any earthenware vessels, all that is in it shall be unclean, and ye shall break it. What, do, what does earthenware mean? Earthenware means uh, made out of the you know, made out of something from the ground. So to me, I would think that means the same thing as uh, stone. Oh, whoops, I lost the verse. What verse was that? Uh, I'm trying to check another. um... Okay, it's verse 33. Let's check NASB 95, see what they say. 33. Sorry, this is not good listening. I didn't. As for any earthenware vessel, again, so I don't know. Is earthenware the same thing as stone, or would they use a different word for stone? But if it's the same thing, then that episode was just flat wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, I just bring all this up to say I, I think this that show is wonderful and it's amazing and it helps us to look at things in new ways and it just adds a lot of you know, color to these stories. And, uh, but they didn't have the right translation? No, it's not a matter of translation. He is purposely adding a whole lot of stuff. And you have to. If I were to try to do what he's doing, I would have to add a whole lot of stuff that's not in the Bible. And when you do that, it means you're interpreting the stories or the truth with your understanding. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, there are, have been things that he did that were flat wrong, even if they may be common. Um, and uh, but I, overall, you, you said it when we watched it because I've said this many times. Jesus was not all knowing at twelve years old, teaching oh, yeah. everybody in the temple. He came to learn of his father's business. He he amazed them because he had understanding beyond any twelve year old. And he asked amazing questions, probably things they had never thought of. But he was learning his father's business. He, but we, we want to idolize him as God that is unapproachable and make him perfect as a baby or as a 12-year-old. And he was not. He became perfect through suffering, the scripture says. He, God taught him, disciplined, trained him up over time. And that is the model that he has for us. And when we understand it any other way, 
it deceives us, the enemy deceives us with that religion so that we, it becomes impossible in our own minds to have, to believe, to have faith that that is God's purpose for us. So it's destructive. Um, and, and so there's other little things. And that, that's okay. If I made that same thing, I'm sure I would make mistakes. I, I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I just, I pointed all out to say when we're watching something like that, it's good and it's great for discussion, but it is not the scripture itself. Mm-hmm. The other thing I pointed out is, uh, or at least I highlighted uh, verses 44 and 45. Cause, okay, so we're talking about all these things, these, these birds, these bugs, these, you know, these types of mammals. You can eat them or not eat them based on this and that. But he kind of wraps that up a little bit with, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves therefore and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with, you know, the bugs. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. That's the main message of this for us as a people of God. Is he wants us to be holy. How do we define holy? Set apart from the world. And he says, I, that's me. And if you're to represent me, that's how I need you to be. Uh, Leviticus 12 is real short. And we have the, uh, the law of purification. When a woman has a baby... Uh, they're both unclean right, right at first, and then they go to the uh, they go to the uh, temple and they make an offering. We remember uh, Joseph and Mary did that with Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And so we see them completing this that God had set apart. And there's an interesting thing: the woman being outside the city, unclean for seven days, and then she comes in and is made clean. Well. The woman, that's a picture of like the bride of Christ, right? The church. And so we, we see a lot of meaning in that. That God is still working on us. We're not yet clean, right? He's doing a work in us. But he will make us clean and holy. And then we're moving on to Psalm 13 and 14. I kind of wish I would have recorded that, Weston, because I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> was it good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, so uh, Psalm 13 is, um, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face? How long must I take counsel in my soul? So when you read these, put yourself in David or whoever's place, right? Make it real to you in your life. David is struggling, saying, Where are you, Lord? He's known the counsel. He's heard the voice of God before. Um, and he's saying, Lord, I, something big is going on. Either I need an answer or I have a big problem or, or I really want, you know, we don't know. But, well, he says, how long shall you, my enemy be exalted over me? So, you know, he's got problems, right? And, but he turns and he says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So, no matter what he's going through, this we see, you know, God said that David had a had a heart, had his own heart. What was it? Wow, I'm blanking on that. A man after his own heart. Um, well, we see that right here. He's going through difficulty, severe difficulty. Most of us have not been chased around by a bunch of armies that want to kill us, right? Okay. Most, <laughs> he felt his best option at one point was go to Israel's mortal enemies and hang out with them, the people that constantly want to kill him. Meanwhile, he's killed many of them before. When that's your best option, things are tough, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, in, in, in somewhere in there, he's, he's not hearing from God. He's saying, but I still trust you. You've been good to me, and I will trust you. I will rejoice in your salvation. So that's the heart that God wants us to have. Um, and then Psalm 14, verse 2 says, The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. This actually, I point, uh, so I'm going to teach primarily in Malachi tonight, and um, this is very similar to that. Um, that God is searching for a people that will represent him. And he's preparing a people that will represent him. And uh, I just thought it was amazing that our reading this morning, which has nothing to do with what I'm talking about tonight, actually does. Verse 3, they have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Jesus uh, quotes that, right? Mm-hmm. They call Jesus good. He says, no, there's no one that's good, not even one, only God, right? Mm-hmm. Verse 5, there they are in great terror, for God is with the generation of the righteous. So again, difficulties on the earth, but God is with his chosen remnant. Okay. This doesn't make sense. Don't answer the foolish arguments of fools, or you will become as foolish as they are. Be sure to answer the foolish arguments of fools, or they will become wise in their own estimation. That's from Proverbs 26, 4 to 5. So, he, um, let me first just read ESV, just because that's what's in front of me. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. So he said, "If you, you remember when Jesus would get questioned by the Pharisees and he would, or scribes or Sadducees, whoever was questioning him, and he would often not answer their own question, but he would spin the conversation mm-hmm. in a new way. Mm-hmm. They were trying to take him into legal arguments where they had set the parameters of the conversation. And he's basically saying, you don't even have enough understanding for this to be a valuable conversation. And if you set the rules of the conversation according to your understanding, it's pointless and I will not enter into it. And so he would speak to them back on a higher level. I'm sure I do and probably everyone. (laughs) You watch the way he encounters these and say, man, I wish I, (laughs) I wish I, uh, uh, you know, got into difficult conversations with that, with those kind of answers. Um, But, what what is whether it's Solomon or whoever's speaking here? Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him, him yourself. So don't if someone is have is mm-hmm. speaking in foolishness, don't in, get into their foolishness with them and argue back and forth because then you become a fool, right? Mm-hmm. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Means basically. And, and, you know, we need to decide how much this applies to us. But it means basically if a fool is speaking to you, treat him like a fool. Mm-hmm. In other words, so we if we go back to how Jesus treated him, because it's basically saying if you if you don't treat him like a fool, then he's going to think he's wise and he's having he, he's having a, a wise conversation with you on equal levels and that his understanding is just as valuable as your own 
We see how Jesus did it, though. He wouldn't enter into foolish discussions. He would instead turn the conversation to a greater understanding. So he didn't, he didn't, well, sometimes he did, but, but a lot of times he wasn't like mocking them as fools, but he would just spin the conversation to a higher understanding and then present it that way. So he wasn't in those situations treating them badly but he also wasn't entering into foolish arguments. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the other thing that I saw in Proverbs 26 was 12. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. So we have to be careful that we don't start to think that we're established. We're wise. We're smart. <coughs> we're, you know, mm-hmm. we've got it all figured out because we can, we can no longer learn and grow once we, mm-hmm. once we get that. So that's what Solomon's teaching here. If if you think that you're there already and you're not mm-hmm. still learning and growing, then you're stuck. Mm-hmm. You should always be learning and growing. You should never. And the, the <coughs> more wisdom that you get, mm-hmm. the more you realize <laughs> how far you have to go. That's just mm-hmm. the way it is. And that may be where how it is, probably has how it is for eternity. You know, that there's mm-hmm. always more deeper wisdom and understanding and so never consider yourself established does that make sense mm-hmm. always be willing to make mistakes and ask questions uh, because you always have further to go and so do i mm-hmm. and so does everyone else make okay. sense mm-hmm. and then we're wrapping up in first thessalonians 5 and so the thessalonians were really concerned what's going to happen in the end times right mm-hmm. and And so he says, now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are children of the light. So... He's saying, you know, be aware, be live for the Lord, and you won't have difficulties in these times. But in these times when people who are living for the world, they have great difficulties, right? But then he, he turns it, and he's like, that, that shouldn't be our focus. Mm-hmm. And he starts talking about, um, well, he, you know, he says a bunch. He starts telling them to, to live together as a family of God, treating those that are above you in the Lord with respect. And those that need your help in the Lord, lifting them up, helping them, right? Being a family of God, not just a, a people that communicate and say, we, you know, we love God, but, but truly being a family of God. And then he says, personally, 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's pretty powerful, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, what is God's will for me? Well, it's right here. Mm-hmm. Rejoice always. So we should always be rejoicing. That's why whenever y'all start getting hung up because something didn't go your way, and I'm just saying, look, change your heart. Change your mind. Choose to be blessed, right? Mm-hmm. Choose to have joy because you're always blessed. So you should always mm-hmm. be in joy. We should never be down and out about our circumstances. They're just circumstances, right? Rejoice. Mm-hmm. He says, pray without ceasing. So continually be talking to God, praying to God, praying for others. He says, pray mm-hmm. without ceasing. That means all the time we should be praying. 
give thanks in all circumstances. So we're continually thanking God for all the ways he does it. And you know what's amazing? Mm-hmm. When we do that, we are filled with just blessing and peace and joy. Mm-hmm. Right? When we're thanking God, then we're not muttering and complaining, <laughs> you know? When we're thanking God, we actually experience joy, which is what we want, right? And this is the will of God. And he's, mm-hmm. when we're in that, we be, we're continually coming closer to him in his life. And he will pour his life into us. And again, that he is the source of joy and love and peace, right? Okay. Well, that's all I have. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for listening.